Greater Than Zero Percent is a 501c3 nonprofit that's on a mission to share stories of organizations from around the world that are changing lives. We have weekly episodes featuring amazing nonprofits and monthly episodes interviewing top business executives. You can find us at gtzp.org on your preferred streaming or social media platforms. Alrighty, so thanks everybody for tuning into this episode. Today we have Amy Van Polen, who's the CEO of Bridge Communities. Amy, thank you so much for your time this Wednesday. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having us here. Great. So usually we start by hearing what the mission is of the organization. So what is the mission of Bridge Communities? Absolutely. So Bridge Communities, uh, we were founded 35 years ago. We're in our 35th year. Uh, our mission is to transform the lives of families facing homelessness through housing and supportive services such as educational, employment, children's services, and sort of a whole wraparound approach so that that family can become self-sufficient um, and uh, have and maintain permanent housing. All right. Well, great. We'll get into that. But before we do, why you? <laughs> <laughs> Why me? What a great question. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough just to be the in the right place at the right time, I think is what it is. I have had the honor of being on staff at Bridge for just over 16 years. Um, I have lived here in DuPage County since 1995 and um, have been involved in social services uh, as my career, as well as my uh, volunteerism and personal life uh, since I graduated from college uh, just over 30 years ago. And so um, giving back and being involved in social services in DuPage County has always been important to me. That's where I've always focused my career. And uh, just about 16, a little over 16 years ago, I had the opportunity to do some consulting work with Bridge. And uh, about a year later, they asked if I would be open to joining their team. And I had a long list, or I should say, I had a very short list of agencies that I would leave the wonderful world of consulting behind. <laughs> and Bridge was on that list. And I've had the pleasure of being on staff with them since. Uh, held a variety of roles. Um, and most recently, the role of CEO, and it's just uh, an honor and a pleasure to uh, to serve. All right. Well, that's a really fun history. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so, so great. So that's that's your background. Now let's get and move the conversation to Bridge Communities. So, uh, thirty five years is a long time. Like that's a that's a very solid history. Not a lot of the organizations we've interviewed have have you know, multiple decades of history. So I'd love to, as much as you are able to share about the history is 35 years ago or however long ago we want to start. Do you know what some of the initial programming and services that were kind of core to bridge were? And then we could kind of just talk about how those have developed and evolved over time and why. Sure. Yeah, the mission of bridge has remained the same for 35 years. Um, we sort of laugh internally, maybe even a little externally, that we are maniacally focused on this one thing. Our staff is um, beyond dedicated to doing this one thing, which is moving families facing homelessness 
out of homelessness, out of poverty, and into financial self-sufficiency and permanent housing. That is what we have done since we started 35 years ago, um, and it is what we continue to do today. How that is done has, of course, evolved. Um, the nuances, um, the processes, the, the policies that we work within, our staff, the number of families that we uh, serve at any given time, of course, has evolved and grown. Um, but what we do and why we do it, which I think is always the most important thing, you know, when we really think about what drives us to do this work is a values match. Um, it's what drives our, our donors to give to us, our volunteers to volunteer with us, and our staff to be with us, is that it fulfills their values. It fulfills mm -hmm. their, their desire to be a part of their community and give back to their community in a way that is incredibly meaningful. Um, Bridge dives in really, really deep with each individual family to move them out of homelessness and out of poverty. Um, and that is done um, however the family needs that to be done. So that might involve continuing education, employment training, healing from the traumas of homelessness and abuse. Um, about 85% of the women in our program um, um, have come out of some type of um, background of abuse um, in their lifetime. So there's a lot of healing from the traumas that have experienced through their life. Um, there is a deep, deep commitment to the children that are in our program. Um, I have the pleasure of being uh, dear friends with one of our co-founders. Our other co-founder um, unfortunately passed away about eight, nine years ago. Uh, also knew him very, very well. And so the history of Bridge and the why Bridge was founded and the why it continues today is something that I hold very close to my heart and into my decision making. Um, and it was really, really founded because the concept of how do you raise a family in stability when you are homeless? How are your, the needs of your children met? when you are bouncing from shelter to shelter, or in the case of most of our families, they're bouncing from friend to aunt, to mom, to someone, sometimes on a nightly basis, sometimes every couple of weeks, and they're sleeping on floors, they're sleeping in guest bedrooms, they're sleeping in their cars, uh, they're, they're staying at hotels. Um, how do we bring stability to the children's life? when we're doing that. And that's when we interview and talk with moms when they're coming into the program. And it is primarily single head of household females that are our, client, our family demographic. Um, when we talk with them, that is the number one thing they talk about is how can I bring stability to my children's lives and my lives so that we can rebuild and start anew. And that's why we started 35 years ago. And that is honestly when a family sits down across from us at the intake and we're doing the paperwork and we're doing all that logistics stuff, that's what we focus on. How can we bring stability to this family and break that cycle and help them start anew? Yeah. Uh, I, I want my, my a gut reaction initial follow-up is to ask, how are you actually doing that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. And, and let, let's actually, let's start there before I ask kind of another question that I had. So, so I'd love yeah, to hear that's, programming that's the, and that's the heart yeah. of it, isn't it? Yeah. So there is, um, 
there's the how we do this that makes us very unique from other social service agencies. Um, Bridge was founded by two men that were not social service folks. One was a banker and one was a, um, a salesman. And they saw a need in their community and they rallied their friends together and they literally on the back porch or back deck of their house, telling them that they would like to rent an apartment and help a family. And would you all literally pass the baseball hat around the circle and throw money, throw a check in to help us rent an apartment. And that's mm. how it started. Yeah. And it was volunteers sitting across the table from that family on a weekly basis, helping them budget, helping them get back on their feet and helping them kind of navigate the social services of DuPage County at the time. While it may be more sophisticated today, that is exactly what we still do. What makes Bridge so unique and I think so powerfully impactful to DuPage um, County is that the majority and the first person that serves our client families is that volunteer mentor. Still today, 35 years later, every single family that's in our program, and we will serve about 100 families this year, every single family is assigned a mentor team that are volunteers that sit across the kitchen table every single week and do budgeting, talk to them about their kids, help them with their employment search, help them you know, with what's going on at school. And while we may have the professional staff to help support that mentor team in doing that work, we have wonderful children's staff, wonderful employment counselors, case managers, all of that funnels through the mentor team. Yeah. And it's so powerful when you have a volunteer sitting across the table from you that could be doing anything else on that Tuesday night. And instead they choose to sit with you and talk with you about what can we do to help move your life forward. The mentor is learning so much about what does poverty really look like for mm -hmm. a family in DuPage County? And how can I be an advocate for that? And how can I be a voice for that? And the family then is learning so much about their own journey. So they're taking that journey together. And that's so different than a fully staffed um, environment, you know, and having, you know, all of yep. your services be through staff. So we have all of the professional services to support and we support that directly with the family, but primarily that's through that mentor team. And I think that that's so magical um, and it works. When we do engagement surveys and we do outcome surveys, our mentors say that they have come out of this a changed person. They have mm -hmm. a better understanding what does poverty, homelessness look like. They know how to act on that with their local and state and national reps. They know how to be that voice and they often have more power than often our clients do in our systems and in our communities. And so I think that's so magical about our model. But then also when we talk with them, we survey our clients and our families, they talk about this really beautiful relationship, this trusting relationship they have with their mentor and how important that was to them to have that person believe in them as then they will move forward with their life. The client does all the work. There's no doubt about it. Right. But to have that team of people believe in you when you may not have ever had that before, 
transformative. I mean, simply transformative. Yeah, and, and it seems like from from that model, the your client, the families that you're working with, they don't have to have the overwhelming experience where they have to walk into a center and, and know like what to ask for or who yes. to ask for. They have somebody coming to them that could be that middle person between all the wraparound services or partnerships or community uh, partnerships that you have to, to, to pick what is specifically needed. So that overwhelm that a family or a client is having is, is hopefully minimized. And then also that trust building that they're able to do just on that one-on-one -on -one experience, I could definitely see how that's a, a very unique and, 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 and valuable and um, a model that works. <laughs> Absolutely. You really touched on a really important piece is that mentor helps to be your advocate and your ambassador. And so with your children's school district, with the services at other agencies, you know, around the county, they are another person that can help be your ambassador and help coach you through, even if it's, I'm not going with you, but I'm just going to coach and role model with you. Let's just, right. let's just play this out. And so that you feel so much more prepared when you are sitting down at your child's IEP meeting, or when you're sitting down with, you know, fill in the blank, whoever that may be that you are spending that agency time with, which can be overwhelming for anyone. Yeah. Oh, um, so question, uh, overarching concept of homelessness in, in DuPage County, specifically, since that's where you're, you're focused on, do you like think much and integrate much into the causes of, of the homelessness with these families? Or is it more so you're just responding to what are the current needs and, and kind of the causes aren't, aren't really a part of it? So I'm wondering, um, I'll, I'll stop there and ask that question first. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a terrific question. And we, um, we really believe deeply that we are too big of a player in DuPage County to not try to advocate for change in the causes. Mm because that is, that's the root. You know, if we could have less families, we would be perfectly happy with that, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, and the only way to do that is by um, trying to um, understand and change the root causes. You know, if we can create systemic change within mm -hmm. DuPage County that is leading to poverty and homelessness, we deeply believe we're too big of a player in this county to not try to address those issues. So that's a long answer to yes. Some of the ways that we try to do that, we are deeply involved in advocacy work to um, expand affordable housing in DuPage County. The primary um, cause for family homelessness is a lack of affordable housing. 92% um, of the families came into our program um, this past year working full time. So that we're not talking about folks that are not working. Um, most of our families come into our program working full time. Most families that are experiencing homelessness, and that's just not a representative of us, that's most families that are experiencing homelessness are working full time. They are not working living wage jobs. Right. Um, and there is a disconnect between what they're getting paid and what the cost of housing is in this area. Then you multiply that with the cost of childcare, transportation cost, food cost, healthcare cost, all of those things are just outpacing where so many persons are working and the and the wage that they're making. Yeah. So a typical wage when a family comes into our program is between 12 and 13 dollars an hour 
I am not a math genius by any stretch of the imagination, but I can do enough back of the hand math to know that I cannot afford a two bedroom apartment, a little bit of childcare, food and et cetera, et cetera, on $13 an hour. And so that is a big thing that we advocate for in our county is how do we create more affordable housing. I was just at a meeting a couple of days ago on this exact topic, because there's an opportunity to create some affordable housing in one of our communities here in DuPage. And we've been um, very much a part of trying to get that approved by the municipalities to move that forward. Um, but then we also look at what is a living wage in this county and how can we try to create jobs um, and how can we be a part of a system that creates jobs that pay a living wage? Um, how are we part of a system that advocates for tuition assistance and other things? We have a wonderful resource of College of DuPage right here in our community, which you can do one-year certifications, one-year degrees, two-year degrees, two plus two to get your four-year degree and move yourself into that living wage, which is so powerful. And that's really what we try to do with our families. Our families are with us for about two to two and a half years living in an apartment that is owned by Bridge Communities. Um, they, and we're paying their living expenses in terms of their rent and their utilities. So they have very small budgets um, that they need for expenses and they can save money, they can pay off debt, they can go back to school, um, have that education then that can lead to that living wage job. And that's really what's needed. Bridge provides sort of the space and time for the family to get the resources that they need, their own internal resources and skill sets that they need, as well as pay off their debts, put some money in savings, learn how to budget, and then they're able to launch out into the world. And what we have found, we did a 30-year longitudinal study just about five years ago, and we found that 87% of our families maintained their housing long-term after leaving our program. And so we know this program works. We have so much data that shows that it works on multiple levels of changing the family's trajectory. Wow. No, that's, 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 that's huge. Um, so affordable housing, primary cause you mentioned, uh, and, and you shared a lot about all the activities that, that bridge communities is doing to help, um, attack this challenge. What is your perspective since you've been in this for a good amount of time on, uh, it sounds like, and keep me honest, I'm not an expert in this space. I've just interviewed some nonprofits that, that are also trying mm -hmm. to fight homelessness. So, um, a lot of times growth in communities could be described as new businesses coming in to support the community. But a lot of times that causes gentrification, which then brings in new people that maybe have more money to spend on housing and then pushes people that have been longtime residents in those locations. So on one hand, you have the argument of, oh, it's good to, to grow and to monetize and to have entrepreneurship grow these certain areas. But on the other hand, it's it, the cost is um, people that you have lived there for a long, long time now have to move because they can't afford it. Right. And so I think that's kind of one of the kind of causes of the cause of, uh, mm -hmm. affordable housing. Um, so, so how do you, how, how have you navigated the argument that this is a good thing 
the gentrification is is bringing new businesses and 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 maybe more renowned brands to certain locations but on the other hand it's causing people to have to move out because they can't afford it sure sure that's a great uh, great question and a, and a great observation what we find in dupage county is that you know we have always been you know you know, for years, we were sort of considered, you know, a bedroom community to the city of Chicago. You know, people lived here, they went to the city, worked, came back, you know, that type of thing. Obviously, suburban life has changed dramatically. There, you know, is the vast majority of persons, you know, are working somewhere in another suburb, you know, throughout the Chicagoland area or even in their local communities. What we find is that, um, What we find is that persons that are not able to afford to live in their local communities are often persons that we are asking to serve our communities in some mm. way. That may be from a retail perspective, but it is also our teachers, um, our early childhood educators, our firefighters, our policemen. When we look at a um, salary for so many of these starting out young persons, we know that they can then not afford to live in many wow. of the communities on their own in DuPage County. And to us, again, that's not a values match, you know, and, and that doesn't make your community this wonderful, rich experience that we want our communities to be. That doesn't even count the persons that are coming in as first generation into our communities or coming in um, as refugees or coming in as other persons that may have higher needs, but create this beauty to our communities that we think is so incredibly valuable and creates um, a win for the economy once we're able to support that family into then having being acclimated and coming into the community and ready to then work and be again a member of our community so there's so much diversity and richness that comes from having a variety of housing stock you know having housing stock that is an apartmental condominium townhome home starter home you know and on its way up having that diversity in your community to your point what we find is that um Apartments might be turned into condominiums, apartments or smaller homes may be torn down to do larger homes. And so you do have this squeezing of availability. Yeah. Um, a most recent study that we found across the state was that for every 100 units that were available of affordable housing, there were 166 households that needed it. Jeez. So it is this game of duck duck goose you know continually <laughs> going on and we find that when our families are leaving us you know they're able to afford a rent um, to make sure they're not overly housing burdened uh, which you know you don't want to be over a 30 to 40 percent rate of your income uh, to avoid being housing burdened you know our families need to be in a rental income somewhere around fourteen hundred dollars a month for a two-bedroom apartment and that can be very challenging to find here in dupage county um, you know we all see you know apartment buildings being built where the one bedroom starts at 2500 yeah fascinating to be honest <laughs> with you i just i don't understand it um but that is but there is we have to 
and this is the meeting that I was in the other day, was we have to be able to provide either through tax incentives, governmental programs, philanthropy partnerships with nonprofits, we have to be able to create incentives for developers to be able to afford to create uh, yeah. affordable housing. Because that's what it is. Uh, you know, developers aren't bad guys and women. You know, I mean, yeah. they are they are running a business just like the rest of us. And it's expensive. You know, it's expensive. So we have to be able to figure out ways of how can we make it affordable to be able to create this housing, to be able to, to, be able to keep this housing. Yeah, yeah. There stock so that was a meeting that i was in the other day of like what are some ways that we can create incentives that are motivating developers then to be in this world yeah well sorry i went on a tangent there but but it was, it was a question that i had um all right awesome so uh so bridge communities currently you said that this year your your the plan is to serve 100 families was that correct We'll be just right at just over 100 families. We served uh, 95 families la last year, and we have a projected growth of uh, seven to 10 families uh, in this upcoming year. So we should be somewhere between 100 and 105 families. And is that data point due to Bridge Communities having additional volunteer team members to support more families, or is that a data point of there are more families now in need than last year, or is it both? <laughs> Those two yeah. things are directly connected yeah. to one another. Yeah. We, um, our phone, this is what is really the, the, the most challenging is our phone will ring over 2,500 times this year. Um, meaning our intake line will ring that many times from somebody saying I'm experiencing a housing crisis mm. and I need help. Now, not all of them are families. They don't all have dependent children, which you have to have dependent children to be in our program, because yeah. again, that's what drove our co-founders to do this work. Um, they may not all have a connection to DuPage County. Um, you have to have some type of connection, work, live here, used to live here, and your family's here, and you want to get back to here, that type of thing. Um, but that's how many people are calling us in a housing crisis um, over 2,500 times this upcoming year. Um, and we will do several hundred interviews um, with potential clients to determine who's available or who's able, who has um, the all of the things that we're looking for to fit into our program and to be able to work through our program. Because again, our program's goal is to get towards self-sufficiency. Right. So there is such a need for families that have um, disabilities families that are not able to work full time, uh, families that have other issues going on that would not be appropriate for our program. So we try to refer out to others, but there is way more need than what we have services. Yeah. But we can only bring a family into our program if we have, the, uh, if we have a, an apartment available, but more importantly, if we have that volunteer team. Right. So if I were to say anything to folks here today, is that if you are looking for an opportunity to volunteer in your community in a way that's incredibly meaningful, this is a wonderful way to do that. And it connect, it completely connects you to ending homelessness for a particular family. I mean, there's yeah. such a one-to-one -one there. And we can't do our program without our volunteer mentors. And so, um, that is um, that is a bit of, you know, there's an absolute connection between those two. And then also we have to have the apartment to be able to do it. We right. own um, 
24 apartment buildings. Uh, we have some that we rent out to um, have it be graduates, sister agencies, et cetera. But about a hundred, a little over a hundred of those units are uh, rented to client families at any given time. Yeah. Wow. Future plans in the next 15 oh, yeah. years of your, of your planned CEO role. <laughs> yes, that's a great question. Future plans. So we have uh, launched two um, kind of extensions to our core transitional housing program um, to try to help create a larger spectrum of housing for our families still with that goal to exit from us into permanent um, uh, housing and self-sufficiency. But we've added some programming on either end of, I would say, of that uh, that two-year transitional housing time. We're wrapping up pilot uh, the pilot time that we would consider our pilot time with those, doing some evaluation and really determining how are we going to fully implement those programs over the next 18 months. That's a big thing we're working on right now. Uh, we're also deeply embedded in um, a very um, in-depth uh, data and evaluation program. We're going to be looking at going back and doing additional um, additions to our longitudinal studies and uh, continuing to really evaluate our impact on our client families and doing yeah. that in some new and different ways. So our, our data and evaluation team is uh, very busy uh, working with our program folks and our alumni on, um, on how can we continue to show the impact of our program to our community. Um, another area that we are um, working on is we've just recently launched what we're calling our family wellness programs. And so our families are very isolated. They're very much, they've left a lot of things behind. Again, many of them coming out of trauma, bouncing around. They don't have good support systems. So we've really um, put some wonderful efforts um, into developing some peer support programming that we're doing, uh, some nutritional programming that we're doing, uh, some counseling services, some really wonderful things to help create community amongst our families. Um, so again, there's reinforcement to, I've made the right decision to do what I'm doing because it takes an incredible amount of bravery for the women in our program to, is for anyone, male or female, to say, I'm gonna do this differently. And yeah. that's going to require me to have to leave some things behind. And that's really, really hard for us as humans to do that. So we want to create support systems around the clients, men and women in our program. So we are investing in some family wellness activities that I'm really excited about us doing. We really feel like that's going to continue to um, move the needle on our long-term impact. Um, and we also are... Um, evolving our mentoring models. Primarily our mentors have been connected to faith communities throughout DuPage County. Um, and faith community populations are dropping as mm -hmm. we well know. Um, and we are a secular organization, um, but we know that thousands of people sit in faith communities every weekend and are looking for great ways to give back to their communities. And so knowing that, we have leveraged those resources to recruit our mentor teams out of. Yeah. But we know those populations are aging and they're dropping. 
And so we have started to change how we are recruiting our mentors. And so again, like I said, you don't need to be a part of any particular organization. Right. Let us know and we can definitely connect you into mentoring. So that's something that we're doing some changes of. So um, all, you know, we're trying to look at how do we serve our mentors and our volunteers? How do we serve our families? And then also we're really deepening our involvement as we talked a bit ago about how do we change the communities and the systems in which Bridge and our families live. Right. Wow. Um, that's a lot. You have a lot of work. You have a lot yeah, of work. Yeah. You that's know, exciting. I love, I love how it's like, okay, let's look at systems, communities, yep. family, individual. Let's look at all the layers of how we can be impactful and find ways. And so when we do our strategic planning, um, and then we look at what are our initiatives going to be, we really try to look at all of those multiple layers of how we can be impactful in our sphere. Yeah. Amazing. So next topic is engagement. So you mentioned team volunteers, like these are these are key, your your mentor team in growing that. Um, what is typically just for for listeners that that might be interested the the commitment of time of of hours uh, that one should expect being a mentor team volunteer? That's a great question. Um, it's a lot. I'm not going to lie about yeah, that. I'm not yeah. going to shy away from that. It's incredibly impactful, but to do incredibly impactful work requires um, a high level of engagement and commitment. Right. Um, so our families are typically with us for about two years. Um, our mentors meet uh, weekly with our families to do budgeting and other goal striving. Our families set quarterly goals mm -hmm. in cooperation with their mentor teams and the professional staff here at Bridge. We're very goal driven with our families. Um, and so we have continual goal striving that our mentors are tracking and monitoring and helping them and in cooperation with the, with the paid professional staff at Bridge. Uh, so at least weekly, you are sitting down and kind of reviewing what's been happening over the last week. What's coming up? What's happened? What are your barriers? What's going well? What's not? You know, all of those types of coaching, mentoring things. In between that time, there's probably going to be a couple of phone calls and a couple of emails. So over the course of the week, you might look at two, two and a half hours of your week is spent doing this work for about two, two years. Um, yeah. So you are really going to take this journey with this family, you know, um, and it is going to, you know, it's going to warm its way into your heart and into your brain. It's going to be something that's on your mind, but it's going to be incredibly meaningful if you choose to do it. Yeah. But there are other volunteer opportunities that you can tutor. Uh, we have wonderful retired teachers, former teachers, or just really, really smart people <laughs> that uh, <laughs> tutor with us. We have tutoring for our kids, tutoring for our adults, because uh, again, a lot of our uh, families, the adults are back in school, so they might need help with a chemistry class or an accounting class or a math or something like that. 
You can help out at our events. We have a series of wonderful events. It's there all listed and available on our website, but we have fabulous opportunities to volunteer at an event. So if you are a person that, you know, likes to be out and, you know, helping with fundraising and those types of things, we have great ways to get involved with that. So there's a whole opportunity and a lot of different things on our website of ways to get involved and volunteer. Yeah. Wow. I just, while you mentioned the, the about two and a half hours per week commitment that it requires and saying it's a lot, I just, I just read a, a data question on, on Statistica and, and how many hours per day do, do people watch TV and it's kind of broken up by age group, right? But, but we're, we're talking about two, two to two and a half hours starting uh, per day that people watch TV. So it's, oh, if you think 100%. about it from that perspective, yeah. two and a half hours per week. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's definitely a, 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 a not as big of a commitment as is 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 maybe people might think as looking might at think. what else you're doing. <laughs> and the scary thing is, I think if you ran that same stat as how much we're on our phone, yeah, I don't want to run I that. Get, I get my weekly <laughs> notification of how much I'm on my phone every week or every day, yeah. and yep. I think to myself. I have a full-time job and I don't think of myself as a person on my phone a lot. And it's scary the number of yeah. hours that it states that I'm on my phone a day. So, yeah. you know, just like everything else in life, if it's important to you, right. you will right. find a place to put it. And I am just, I am here to say to people, it's, it's really, really a wonderful way yeah. to feel like you're giving back to your community. Absolutely. Well, Amy, is there anything else that maybe we didn't cover or that you want to leave us with before we wrap it up? I think we, we covered every, all the history, current state, future state, how people can get engaged, where they can find you. Um, anything else? No. Um, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Insta. Um, do a LinkedIn um, outreach to myself or to the Bridge page. We post there regularly. Um, we have a wonderful golf outing event coming up at the end of August. Uh, it's at Cog Hill. So it's going to be just tons of fun and a beautiful place to golf. So if you're a golfer, join us there that day. Again, that's that's on our website, which is just bridgecommunities.org. And um, I super appreciate you uh, connecting with us and asking me to come on and, and share Bridge and share what we're all about. I really do appreciate that very, very much. Yeah, we're, we're thank you for your time as well. And we're, we're honored to share the amazing work that you and the organization are doing. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Greater Than Zero Percent. To find more episodes or to have your organization featured on the podcast, you can find us at gtzp.org on your preferred streaming or social media platforms. Find your cause with greater than 0%.